Hey guys, it's Morgan here. I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Josiah Keneally. Josiah, welcome and good morning to this episode. Hey, guys. So good to be on the show today. Thank you. Out of billions of podcast episodes that you could be listening to out there, you chose this one. You are in for a treat. They are in for a treat today, Josiah. And I'm going to have you introduce this special guest today because I know that you are a huge fan of theirs. You've been following them for I don't know how many years. I'll let you tell that story. But who is with us this morning? Well, we are joined today by Anthony O'Neill. And Anthony, since 2003, has helped hundreds of thousands of people mm-hmm. make smart decisions with their money, their relationships, and their education. He's a number one best-selling author nationally of the book Debt-Free Degree, and is also the national best-selling author of the Graduate Survival Guide. He recently released his third book, Destroy Your Student Loan Debt, and he travels the country spreading his encouraging message to help teens and young adults start their lives off right, and really to help people of all ages succeed with money. He just launched also a great podcast mini-series that I binge-watched, or binge-listened to, <laughs> rather, Borrowed Future. You can follow more about Anthony on YouTube and, and Instagram, at Anthony O'Neill. But Anthony, thank you for joining us today. Oh, man, Josiah, Mike, and thank you all. Uh, thank you both for having me on the show, man. I've been looking forward to this all day. Absolutely. Well, we are so excited to have you. We're just going to kick it off right away. Um, so let's just hear from you. Tell us a little bit about your story. Maybe you want to share about your, your journey with um, Christ, where your passion for money management really started, however you want to go. Let's kick it off with that. Oh, man, great. That's a great place to start. You know, uh, again, my name is Anthony O'Neill. Um, I am uh, fortunate and blessed enough to have four parents. So I have two biological parents um, and two step parents. Um, my biological mom and stepdad and siblings live in uh, California. And then my biological dad and stepmother live in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So, you know, I grew up in a very strong, yeah, East East Coast, West Coast. (laughs) Um, I grew up in a very strong Christian faith background. Both of my fathers were uh, pastors and leaders within the church. Um, And so growing up, uh, there was only two important conversations. We talked about God uh, and we talked about sex, but we never talked about money. Mm-hmm. And so um, every single day I couldn't go to, you know, hip hop, the dances. I couldn't go to uh, football games. I couldn't listen to R&B music. If it wasn't singing about God, if it wasn't uplifting God, I couldn't be a part of it or consume it uh, inside of my head. And so a very strict, strict, firm uh, Christian faith background, which I'm, I'm grateful for somewhat because I know who my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back then... Um, I, I, I knew Jesus Christ, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so when I graduated high school, you know, I, I got out into the real world. I'm off to college and I'm on my own. And I'm like, yo, great. I mean, I'm a free grown. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I'm going to be honest on, on you all's podcast. You know, I say, you know what? I'm going to give Jesus Christ a break and I'm going to do me uh, because I, that's, I was tired of that lifestyle. Um, and it was because it was law and it wasn't a relationship. For sure. And so, you know, got onto the school campus and, 
And I was like, yo, I want to be popular. I want everyone to know my name. I want to impress the ladies. I've never been out on a date before. I'm trying to go out on my first date. I'm trying to go to a party because I've never been to a party. And I'm just really trying to have a good time. And uh, that good time led me to a bad season. Mm -hmm. Wow. And uh, within a matter of six months, I racked up about $35,000 in debt, uh, made a poor decision. And unfortunately, um, uh, I had to get dropped out of school. And because I dropped out of school because of that poor decision that I made, um, I lost my job that was attached to the school. When mm-hmm. I lost that job, I lost my income that I was using to pay my bills. And so I'm going home. And, you know, my, my father was like, no, since you think you're a grown man, uh, you need to stay at home. You need to uh, go in ahead and just live with your consequences. And so I'm calling all my friends who I thought were my friends saying, hey, my parents are tripping. They just kicked me out the house. Uh, can I come stay with you? And no one said yes. Wow. And that was a season that really, um, I went from knowing God to having a relationship with God. Yeah. That was a season to where God took me to the lowest point in my life, to where I have to sleep in the back of my car. Some nights I may go stay over an associate's house, sleep on their floor, and, and, and I have to go to the Boys and Girls Club or the YMCA back then to take a shower just so I won't be, you know, musty. Um, but that was the low point of my low. I thought about committing suicide. I questioned if God loved me. I'm, I'm sitting here blaming everyone else, including God, but mm-hmm. myself. And that was the moment that I realized that the caliber of my future uh, will be determined by the choices that I make. Not my peers, not my parents, uh, but the choices that I made. And I said, hey, Anthony, if you want to change your future, you need to change your mindset. You need to get back right with Christ and you need to make better decisions. And that was the season that I said, you know what? You're right. I stopped blaming everyone else and I blamed myself. I remember going home and I said, dad, I'm, I'm ready to become a man. He was like, what do you mean? I'm not a man and I should have been listening to you. And I apologize. And my dad said, come on home. And that was the season that, that just shifted everything for me. You know, I, I was $35,000 in debt, didn't have a job, went and got a job. My dad gave me a Dave Ramsey budget form. And wow. he said, hey, son, you're gonna, get a, you're gonna get a job. You're gonna get on a budget and you're gonna get out of debt. And he was like, hey, and son, you got to make the right decisions. Those friends that, that you were trying to impress, those are the friends you do not need during these next few years of your life. Get your life together. And that was the time, too, my dad apologized. Both of my parents, all of my parents apologized for not teaching me financial education. You know, the only thing we talked about money was give God his 10%. Yep. But they never taught me how to live off of the other 90 and so I quickly learned. And then I came across Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. Um, didn't make all the right money decisions. You know, when I uh, got back on my feet, I still financed the car, still did, still did stupid with money. Uh, but when I took that course, man, it really shifted how I looked at money. And I said, you know what, moving forward, I want to turn around and teach young people. And when I say young people, I'm talking about a high school student, college student, all the way up to their 30s, uh, 30s about how do we, you know, make good, wise money decisions with our life. I want to make talking about money appealing, attractive. Yes. You know, I want to make it fun, kind of like sexy a little bit, you know, but um, that's just my mission and a little bit about my who I am. Anthony, that's simply incredible. And I think the reason that I reached out is the reason that our hearts, I believe, really resonate is I remember being 14 years old. My dad picked me up from high school and said something's different and his job had gotten outsourced and his whole company did a group layoff. And I didn't know if my dream just died, if it went (laughs) dormant, 
if it got delayed or if I had no future. I didn't know if college or going to my dream school or my dream job would ever be a possibility because of financial concerns in our household. And then I got a job at the local batting cage because I love baseball and I got paid money, but I got free batting tokens. It was a win-win. And then my manager at that um, part-time job, he said, don't take out any student loans, stay working here. Wow. He, he told me about a podcast that had just come out <laughs> and he, I got my iPhone and he's like, go to Dave Ramsey. He kind of screams a lot. He cuts up credit cards. Don't worry. <laughs> Give him two tries. And the first episode, I was like, who is this guy? Yeah, he's like screaming. And then the second episode, I was like, you know what? I kind of like this guy. <laughs> and fast forward, I was able to go to college. Mm-hmm. I was able to graduate with an associate's bachelor's and master's degree debt-free. Mm-hmm. So when you talk yeah. about like debt-free degree, <laughs> our hearts resonate a hundred percent. And I, Mike and I've spent the last eight years as college pastors, young adult pastors. And if we mm-hmm. could tell you how many times we heard, I wish I knew then what I know now about money and right. students would come to our couch say, man, we've got 200, 300, $400,000 in student loans as a, maybe a young couple. And no degree to show for and it. And no degree. And so where, where we're at is I just want to do a deep dive, Anthony, into okay. your latest book, Debt Free Degree. This is a passion point of ours as well. Can you just talk about, let me ask you this, what's it like for somebody's life when they have a lot in student loans? And what's it like mm-hmm. when somebody has no debt? And you know what? When you have uh, student loans, you have burden, you have shackles around you, you have weights on you that, uh, that, that will take a long time for it to get off. Think about it. It takes you 20 minutes uh, to fill out that FAFSA student loan paperwork, but it takes you 20 years, possibly, minimum, to get out. Whoa. That's and, perspective. You know, that, that's a whole different perspective. It, it took you that quick to get in, but it takes you forever to get out of it. And so what I'm telling people is I want you to go after your dreams. I want you to go get an education. I am a huge advocate for education, uh, but I don't want your dream to turn into a nightmare. Right. Going to a school and borrowing hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to to this one particular school is, yeah, you're going to graduate. But think about it. Now you're working the rest of your life to pay back for a degree. When I want to see you spend maybe four, maybe five, six years cash flowing it, putting it in work so when you graduate, you can move forward and you don't have shackles holding you back. Think, I want you, let's just do the math. Just do the basic math. If you just take the average payment today of about $393 on a student loan paper, on that paperwork, on a student loan uh, uh, bill, if you take that same investment and just invest it over the next 30 to 40 years, you guys are looking at two, $3 million in investment just from 393 sitting into a Roth IRA on a group stock mutual fund. And so what's the difference? If you have the debt, you're paying interest. If you don't have the debt, you have freedom and you're gaining interest. And so when I, when I think about it, man, I, I tell young people, well, if I cash flow, it's going to take me six years. Let it take you six years because it's going to take you 20 to 25 years to pay it mm-hmm. off. So do the work up front. You can enjoy it in the end. That's so good. That's such a basic, basic thing to adopt and apply, but it's a matter of having that wisdom and knowledge to be able to do that or having the people like you who are speaking truth into the lives of yeah. individuals who have no concept of money, but they know how to spend it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Anthony, many of our listeners are pastors, they're leaders, um, they're individuals who 
obviously are spending money, they're saving money, they're stewarding money, or maybe not stewarding money well, because God has given us money as a tool to use to further his kingdom and to give him honor and glory in that process. And I just have a question for you, and I've always wondered this, as it's been more evident the older I get, but why do you think so many people in ministry are afraid to talk about money? (laughs) It's like we don't talk about how much we spend, we don't talk about what we spend our money on, but we tell them the 10%. I think they talk about that relatively well, but in addition to that, what would you say to that question? You know, that, that is a hard question because um, I, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to figure out why, why are we so scared to talk about stewardship? And I think it's because um, when you look at the leaders, they're not good stewards. You know, bottom line, you know, they, they're not stewarding their money correctly. And not even just stewarding their money, they're not even stewarding their marriage correctly. They're not even stewarding their kids correctly. Right. They're not even stewarding their relationships correctly. So they're, they're ashamed of their stewardship. And so because they're ashamed of their personal situation, they're not teaching the biblical things that they need to be teaching. Um, you know, I didn't have that problem when I was a youth pastor, youth and young adult pastor out of Jacksonville, Florida. Every Wednesday, it was life skills. All right, let's talk about budgeting. I'm, I'm going to teach you about a credit. What is a credit score? So that way you can understand the difference between a credit card and a debit card. You can understand the difference between, you know, how do you get student loans and what happens if you don't. You can understand the difference between what's the difference between wealthy and rich, okay? And so, you know, I, I think with us as a church, you know, we have to start, we have to start talking about stewardship. Uh, Robert Morris is one of my favorite preachers in the gospel. He talks about stewardship every single Sunday. And I think one of the most comfortable ways we can actually address and start teaching uh, finances is to really just incorporate stewardship as a whole. How are you stewarding your gift? How are you stewarding your words? How are you stewarding your heart? How are you stewarding your relationship? How are you stewarding your money? When we can start doing that, it'll make it more comfortable uh, to have that conversation around stewardship when it comes to our money. That's great. We love it. And we're just getting going here. And one thing that I wish I knew how to help people do better is once they have a mountain the size of Everest in front of them, Anthony, once it's kind of, I I don't want to say too late because it's never too late, but once they've already spent the money, once they already signed the fact, so once they already agreed that I'm going to take on this debt, what would you say to somebody about getting out of debt? How can they... Hmm. How can they really get rid of their student loans? How can they, you know, um, destroy their student loan debt? Yeah, man, you know, the number one thing I'm telling people right now is when you approach that mountain, uh, you got to have a vision. Like when I say a vision, I'm not talking about, oh, I want to get out of debt. No, no, no. You need to go deep down. Mm -hmm. Why do you want to get out of debt? When you answer that question, well, why do you want that? Like go deep, deep, deep Mm -hmm. down. Because to go over a mountain, you're going to get tired. (laughs) <laughs> it's going to be hard to breathe. You know, when you really look at the physical side of things, it's like, it's, you're going to get, you're going to feel like quitting. I felt like quitting. And so, but when you have that deep down vision and my, my thing now um, is my mountain is I want to pay off my home and I want to build wealth and I want to do generational wealth. And sometimes I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Rob, I feel like quitting sometimes. Uh, but when I think deep down, deep, 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 deep down, and my deep down vision uh, for me is, my mom and dad didn't have a wedding. They didn't, my mom never had, she, she didn't have a ring when she first got married. Um, they never been on the honeymoon. They, they never went out of the country. We never had family vacations. We, 
I don't, I can't tell you what a spring break is with a family. No, spring break, we had to work mm -hmm. because we were living paycheck to paycheck. Yep. And so my deep down vision is I don't want my kids or my family to experience that. So when you come to a mountain, you number one, make sure you have a clear vision. The number two, make sure you have discipline. You see, discipline for me is the bridge between where I am today and where I want to go tomorrow. That's fire. So I want to be debt free. I got to have self-discipline to tell myself, no, I'm not going to go to McDonald's. No, I'm going to tell the young lady, uh, no, I can't take her out on this date. I don't know if y'all seen it, but I went viral recently about telling a young lady that going to this restaurant is outside of my budget, <laughs> you know, but I have discipline because I want to reach my goals. And so when you have a clear vision, you have self-discipline, here's a key thing practically, take debt off of the table. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't get out of debt racking up more debt. You can't go over a mountain, putting more mountains, putting more trees on top of the mountain already. Wow. Right? So, so take, take that stuff off of uh, off the table. And when I think about climbing a mountain, see, y'all got me started. I'm a preacher, man. Um, he's he's leaning in if you can't see him, and obviously you can't. So he's leaning in now. We're listening. Our ears are yours. So take an axe. Take an axe up that mountain and start knocking trees. Just knock things that's out of your way. And when I say that from a spiritual uh, perspective, it, it's, you know, any friends, get them out of your way. If they're not helping you get over this mountain, if they're not encouraging you to get over this mountain, get them out the way. Make sure that they're gone. Um, and then just stay the course, you know. And when you get to the top of that mountain, stay there for a little bit. I'm debt free. Breathe a little bit uh, because it's going to take hard work and dedication to get there. Yeah, definitely. Anthony, one thing that Josiah and I did when we first got married, we were on our honeymoon. He had saved up and been wise for six, seven, eight years prior to even us knowing each other. Mm. So when we got on our honeymoon, we had brunch. We were sitting in Hawaii on the beach. And this is what I, this is what we said. We said, hey, when we're on our honeymoon, we are going to begin with the end in mind. And we're going to pray into our future. We're going to give our finances to God. We're going to trust him. And we do want to set ourselves up for success with his help, clearly. So anybody who's listening, begin with the end in mind. Before you even take that first step to get up that mountain or to fill out that loan or that FAFSA, check out the grants. Check out what you qualify for versus what you know the bank tells you you qualify for. So that's just something that was fun that we did. Like, where do we want to be when we're 50, 60, 70 years old? And let's put that into perspective in our mid to late 20s, early 30s as we got married. And it's been nothing but a blessing. And we're only three years in, obviously. But to the listener who, you know, may not have that pleasure yet of being married, think about those conversations yeah. of where do you want to be? What conversations do you want to have to have with that future spouse? Um yeah, so that's just kind of a fun thing that we did, beginning with the end in mind, before so we good. before we hit the trail. So, Anthony, we come to one of our favorite parts of this episode, and this is five in five. So we have five minutes to answer five questions. You can take less than one minute for questions if you want. Okay. Are you up for the challenge? Oh, man, yeah. I'll try. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Question number one, Anthony. If you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Uh, three words, or not three sentences, right? Three words. Three words. Rebel, loving, and bold. That's great. That's incredible, Anthony. And wow. I've enjoyed our conversation so much. So many good words. Speaking of words, are there any words that you live by? Maybe axioms, maxims, phrases, words that you live by? Words that I live by. 
That's what I said earlier. It's a sentence that I read every single day. The caliber of my future and my family's future will be determined by the choices I made today. So AO, make the right choice today. That's phenomenal. All right, we're gonna flip it or flip this script a little bit, Anthony. And if you could ask Josiah and myself one question today, what would you ask us? Oh, <laughs> one question today. Describe y'all's relationship in one word. Oh, I didn't know. Adventure, hundred percent. That's my word. Adventure. Adventure. Uh, uh I'll just add the hashtag onto it. It's still one word, but then it becomes a hashtag. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like that. Hashtag adventure. That's creative. I like that. When I proposed to Micah, it was at the Grand Canyon. And oh. um, because that she told me it was her favorite place. Mm -hmm. So I acted like I didn't pay attention, put it in my back pocket. Oh. And then I told her, I told her I love you for the first time mm -hmm. when I was on one knee. And then I said, Will you come on a lifelong adventure with me? And here we are. So yeah. the first time you said I love you was when you proposed. Yep. Yep. Was that strategic for you? Oh yeah, definitely. Because I think I love you and I'll marry you to me in a in a romantic relationship, I think are like synonymous. Ah. So how did you feel going that long? This is your interview now. Um, <laughs> how did you feel going that long and you never heard your man say I love you? As a woman, did you feel like he's never said, I love you. Well, I was always praying into it. And the crazy thing is that God had given me a dream and a vision three years prior to meeting him. And so I had a dream and a vision, met him in person, and I already knew that he was going to be my spouse if we were both obedient in the season that we were in. So I just kept praying and fasting for him as a friend, as a pastor, and then um, prayed for my future spouse separately. So for me, it was, I got sick of hearing, I like you. I really like you. And I'm like, dear Jesus, that one more time, I'm going to punch him in the face. So I had to be very patient and just constantly hand it over to God because his acts and um, nonverbals and the way that he served and pursued me spoke love without him speaking the words. Ooh. So that's what I would say how he pursued me well. So there wasn't a doubt in my mind. It was more or less, if he says I like you one more time, I'm going to come across that table. Wow. <laughs> No, that's interesting. Y'all may see that on my YouTube channel. Like, could you be with someone for two years and never hear them say, I love you, but just, I like you and I like you a lot. And mm -hmm. every time you hear him say it, <laughs> he proposes. Like, that will be interesting. So thank y'all. I mean, this, this is y'all podcast, but thank you for giving me something. To think oh, for sure. oh, for sure. We're happy to collab anytime. Just DM us. Um, back to you, Anthony. For, two minutes. Here for the go. pastors who are passionate about teaching, Christian stewardship and handling money God's way, where could they start? With themselves. Ooh, yeah. that's a perfect answer. All right, question number five, and we'll wrap it up here, Anthony. If you could tell a group of college pastors and young adult leaders one thing today, what would you leave them with? A word of encouragement or a word of advice that God's been speaking or penetrating your heart lately? You are important. You are just as important as a senior pastor, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, you're you're developing young minds you're developing the future pastor the future president the future ceo of a company uh cherish that love them guide them don't be cool uh, be you be relevant be real be transparent uh, but speak jesus christ and if awesome. you do that they will respect you and love you forever i hope that people are as blessed by this 
episode listening to as we were recording it. Anthony, thank you so much for a great conversation today. You guys as listeners can find out more about Anthony O'Neill when you connect with us at www.youngadults.today. Until next time, this is Mike and Josiah. Until next time. Thank you all. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Got Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.